Welcome to Sister Hack. Do you crave candid conversation? And are you curious about how others deal with the details of work, home, family, and everything in between? Well, sisters Hannah and Rachel have conversations about the unspoken dynamics that drive our everyday lives. And we have more in common than you think. So when you listen to Sister Hack, you too can share hacks and laughs that help make this convoluted life a little funnier and a little more clear. So now introducing Hannah and Rachel. Happy April, Sister Hackers. Hey, welcome to Sister Hack. We kind of skipped March, we decided. <laughs> um, Hannah has a new microphone. You can probably tell. <clears throat> I can sure tell. I think it sounds great. Mine's coming soon, so that's something for you all to look forward to. Yes, we're going to give it the slowest route possible from Texas. I'm going to give it to my parents <laughs> to eventually take to Rachel's house. Who needs shipping? Who needs shipping? Who needs USPS? Just kidding. I'm a huge fan of USPS and snail mail. So all that to say, whatever. Yeah. Um, we are speaking of things that happen every day, like mail delivery, except <laughs> we're talking about food today. Um, and that is a huge part of all of our lives, food. Um, most of us eat it three times a day. Some of us eat it throughout the day with snacking. Um, and it's way, it's a way that people come together. It's a way that people serve one another and sometimes it's the way that people express themselves creatively. I mean, food is just a big deal. Do you agree? 100% agree that food is a big deal. And also that people have really different food philosophies um, and how they eat and, um, you know, it's, it's food is fuel, but it's also a point of interest. So I'm really excited about the interview. Um, but before we dig into that, I, I would like to ask you, Rachel, mm -hmm. what is your go-to meal to prepare for yourself? And what mm -hmm. is your go-to to prepare for others? Love this. Um, so I do have a go-to for others. And I actually reference it in the episode in our interview. Um, it's mastacholi, <laughs> our mom's recipe. And I just feel like I make it for everyone. And that's not a bad thing, but I certainly would like a couple more tools at my sleeve, um, would like a couple more tools at my sleeve this year in 2021. That's a goal for me. So I'm going to work on that, but fear not, fear not. Masacholi recipients will be a staple for me. And that it is such a good meal. I mean, it's a we good grew meal. Up on that. Yeah, we grew up on masacholi. Okay. A, a meal that I love to prepare for myself if I'm like, I'm going to make something fun tonight or this morning or today, or I'm going to treat myself is a breakfast sandwich. Oh, yes. And my breakfast sandwiches are ideally some form of toasted bread with an over easy egg, cheddar cheese, and bacon. That sounds divine. What about you? Do you have a meal you prepare for people? And then what yes. do you make for yourself? Okay. So I think I, I, I change this up a little bit, but currently what I like to prepare for my family and for others is um, 
I'm going to, I'm going to cheat and say two things. One is a sheet pan, just like a total sheet pan meal where Mm -hmm. it's like lots of veggies and then usually some kind of like a chicken or something like that. Um, Olive oil seasoning uh, in the oven, 350, 45 minutes. And it's so simple and always delicious. And it's like whatever you have in as far as veggies go um, works. Um, usually if I have potatoes in there, then I'll, I'll like, I'll, I'll broil them at the end. Not to get into the specific, but the other thing that I like to do is a rice based bowl with a lot of toppings of choice of like vegetables or beans or meat or, um, and different sauces. And so then I let the kids like choose what they want in their bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is really one of my favorite things to do. Um, Wait, are everything. these both for your family or what? These are for the family. Well, cause I don't really cook for others. Like what mom and dad. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah so that's who, who I'm talking about for the family. For myself, I have this staple kind of like you like a breakfast staple of, um, uh, eggs, like something with eggs. So usually over easy eggs with, um, some spinach and mushrooms and then a piece of Ezekiel bread to dip into the over easy egg yolk. Yeah. You do make me that a lot when I'm there. That I have a slight bone to pick and I'm not saying that I'm not, don't want to hurt your feelings, but since you intermittent fast, (laughs) I starve a little in the mornings and then you serve me up this delicious Ezekiel bread, mushroom, spinach, egg combination, just right around 1130. And then I have nothing else to say and I'm thankful, but yes, well, then you really have to be patient. You're welcome to make your own breakfast. Next time you're at the house. Um, I do usually like to break my fast a little bit later in the day, more like a 10 or 11 mm-hmm. um, type of a girl. And I got in that routine, like after I had Leo. So about two years ago, I don't yeah. do it every day. I really don't do it every day, but probably five days a week. I, um, when I'm not pregnant, cause when I'm pregnant, I eat at like 3am, um, okay. <laughs> but I will be pregnant no more. So I guess that's out the door, <laughs> but that, yeah, that's a little, you know, and like I said, people have different food philosophies. So that is why we bring to you, um, someone who in a past life, was an expert food blogger, but she continues to deliver in the kitchen. Um, now she just doesn't document it as much. She doesn't document it as much. Mother of four, avid reader, avid runner. Um, and as you can see in that, as you'll hear, I suppose, in the episode, Rachel and I are big fans of our guest, uh, Natalie. Here she is. All right. What's up? Hello. Welcome to Sister Hack. We have with us Natalie. Natalie, I always am like, because we we speak on Instagram, but I'm always like, do you say your last name? McClary? McClary. 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 Natalie McClary. I made a name, Gorski. Hmm? Yeah, we go way back. Strong name. It's Polish, so it is a strong name. (laughs) So Hannah, tell us a little bit about our history with Natalie. Okay. All right. So I'm going to speak a little bit on our history and then I'm going to say what I gather about your life now. And you can fill in the blank 
if it's actually correct. Okay. I like this. <laughs> or add some detail to it. Okay. So history, I know, although sometimes we rewrite history in our minds, but for sure, we, I think we met at swimming lessons a really, really long time ago. Like when, when I was maybe like four or five years old and we had swimming lessons in this backyard pool. Is that correct? I I did not remember that, but now that you say that, yes, I remember those swimming lessons. And you were like a regular at the swimming lessons. We only went once or something. I don't really. <laughs> and <laughs> you're the one who swims today, not me. So we see how <laughs> yeah. that worked out. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think I had exposure later in life. The swimming lessons at the backyard pool weren't really what did it for me. Okay, so anyway, that was maybe our initial meeting. Basically, our parents were friends. And then we were in a very life-changing event together. And that was a musical at Concordia mm-hmm. University called Children of Eden, where they needed a lot of child actors and actresses. <laughs> and I had the starring role of a unicorn and had a paper mache <gasps> unicorn head with a horn that my mom made. And I feel like I haven't even told my girls this. I would probably be like the envy of them now that I got to be a unicorn. <laughs> Okay, you're the envy of me now because I was porcupine with your <laughs> Yeah, you and Quinn were I'm sensing, I'm sensing some favoritism from the director here who was your grandpa. Oldest grandchild yeah. got first dibs on yeah. the animals. Oldest grandchild was a unicorn, you know. <laughs> I was a flamingo. That was somewhere in the flamingo. That's like mid- mid-range. Exciting. Okay, so then we really bonded then. Um, then we went another 10 plus years without seeing each other. <laughs> but, but in those Children of Eden days, we used to very occasionally, but occasionally we would like play at Ashlyn's house, my cousin, right. my friend. Yes, yes. We're, we are yeah, we had a mutual, our best friend growing up, Ashlyn. Hey, Ashlyn, um, is Natalie's cousin. So anyway, yes. Right. Okay, then bringing us along the timeline, um, Ashlyn got married and we were all at the wedding and this is like 2014-ish and and that's the last time we saw each other face to face. Correct. <laughs> the wedding it was, it was another one of those really, you know, powerful events because then I got connected with you via social media and have just kind of taken a back seat and watched your life transpire. <laughs> Um, in a very non-stalker way and um, recently I'm like this girl does everything that I want to do but just a little bit better (laughs) I would not go that far but thank you I'll take that compliment thank you what do you mean by that Hannah okay so first off she she's an avid reader Mm -hmm. and the books that you say that you read on social media are always like, oh, I should read that. Like, that looks so good. Um, but you don't just read great books. You read so many books. Like, how many how many books did you read last year? Shoot. I want to say it was like 67, maybe. Oh. I don't I do not do a lot of other things, guys. <laughs> well, that's not true, though, because you do do a lot of other things. You have four kids you stay at home with four I mean some of them go to school now but four kids ages yeah um and I actually this year because I like much like you Hannah so we are similar in a lot of ways I like to have a lot of things on my plate uh and so I do work part-time now uh communications for the church that my church is like a sister church too so 
I do their social media and like their email campaigns and anything, their website, anything communications related, but it's all from home, which is nice. Now you're speaking my language. That's like Rachel. That's not like me. Yeah, that's Rachel. Love that. Uh, Okay. So I do that and yeah, and four kids. And then also we recently got connected on what many of the listeners might not be connected on. And that's Strava. It is a running, running app. My dad is a big fan. (laughs) Yeah. You and your dad are like two of my four followers. Five maybe. I have have about five. Um, And that's okay. I actually don't, if you are on Strava, feel no need listeners to come find me. It's it's not like a social media thing. This girl runs far. Like all of her runs are like nine miles plus. But not every day. Yeah. We're just, we're basically doing a podcast bow down to you right now. Yes. Yes. Stop being so humble. Okay. So all of those things make up you, but one of the things that we think, um, and you can add to the community in any way, but one of the things that you would really bring to our community is your amazing meals that sometimes you document nowadays, but in the past you used to have a food blog. It was a meal blog. It Sweet's was. Life. The Sweet's Life. Yep. And that's actually your Instagram handle now too. Um, and every time you do put something on your stories, like not to be creepy again, like I, I often screenshot it. <laughs> that, no, I'm glad you tell me that because that's why I do it. So that, because people will message me and say that that's helpful. So sometimes I'm like, Oh, I don't want to be that person that's like showing what they're eating on Instagram. But people have told me many times that it's helpful. So, so helpful. The one that I go back to are the banana oatmeal cookies because it's like three ingredients and all the things that kids love. And it's also like not that unhealthy for you, but. <laughs> and I forgot about those. So I'm glad you told me. Mm-hmm. Banana oatmeal. What's the third? Chocolate chips. Oh. I think that's it, right? Your peanut butter in those or no? I think you can. That's like an option. Cinnamon. I feel like cinnamon might be in there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so good. Um, so everything that you, you know, do put on Instagram um, always looks so appetizing. And one of my draws to it is your kids are eating it. Um, and that's always, you know, a struggle, I think, for people who are picky eaters themselves or who have kids who are picky eaters. And so speaking of pick, we're going to pick your brain today. <laughs> Anna's got it rolling. Good transition. So Natalie, wait, did we mention that she has four kids? I feel like that's a big thing. Yeah, we did. We did. I asked her mm-hmm. their ages though. They're, they're fairly young. Yeah. My oldest Brecken is seven. Uh, so she just had a birthday. She's in first grade. And then I have boy girl twins who just turned five. So they're in preschool. We'll go to the kindergarten next year. And then my youngest Truett is two and a half. Oh, oh my I remember the twin announcement that rocked, that rocked my world. I can <laughs> it rocked yours. <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Natalie, we're going to start you off. We're going to warm you up here with a little hack. Yes. Hack. No. Heck yes. Uh, okay. Food philosophy. So you can answer these, these, statements with hack yes or hack no, and then feel free to explain a little bit based off how you feel about it. So hack yes or hack no, meals are an experience. Hack yes, for sure. Um, 
probably one of the hardest parts of the last year and going through COVID is that we have missed hosting so much. Mm. Uh, so when I travel, me meals are an experience. I pick uh, my location or what we're doing literally around like the three meals that we're going to eat that day. But mm. then also at home, uh, so much of our family life revolves around food and sharing meals with others. So we're at a point now and for the last several months where, you know, we see our immediate family and kind mm -hmm. of a small group of best friends. And so getting to share meals again uh, has given a lot of life to life uh, when it's been kind of, you know, when we've been missing a lot of other things. So, yeah, exactly. All the more, all the more special when you, it was taken away for a while and then coming back together again. Okay. I'll do another one. And then Hannah, you can ask a couple. Oh, I'm skipping this one. Hack yes or hack no. Meals should bring people together because yeah, you just, just said, said that. that. Okay, so hack yes or hack no. Cooking is hard. Hack no. Cooking is not hard. Anyone can do it. Um, I have realized that there are different kinds of cooks. So uh, one of my sisters, Julia, and my mom, they are very much the cooks that, and this is not a bad thing, uh, they want every single ingredient that is listed in the recipe and they are gonna put the exact amount that was listed in the recipe. They will not stray from that. Uh, and to you know, try to change it in any way is way too stressful for them. Uh, I think there are other cooks and I fall much more on this side where uh, one of my favorite games is to experiment in the kitchen. So I love to take you know, just ingredients that we have on hand and see what meals I can make from it. Uh, so I don't think, I think cooking can come off as overwhelming. I did not start out as someone, I have not always loved to cook. I had, you know, did not grow up with my mom teaching me things in the kitchen. Uh, I fell in love with cooking later in life, uh, but I do not think that it has to be hard. I think you have to figure out what kind of cook you are and then mm. uh, kind of roll with that. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. I think I'm more like you because I just don't have a lot of ingredients in my kitchen. <laughs> Okay, hack yes or hack no, create a weekly menu. Hack yes, uh, I live for the weekly menu. Uh, if you were following me on Instagram, which it sounds like you were during the, uh, over the last year, especially in the height of the early days of COVID, I got really into menu planning uh, because again, not a lot else was going on. I was trying to minimize trips to the store. And so I was doing two week meal plans, which was new for me. Uh, and I've got, I don't go quite that far now. I try to stick to more of a, a week at a time. And then when I get to the end of the week, I try to see how many days I can make it before I go back to the store. It's like this internal grocery store game <laughs> of seeing what's left and trying to uh, use up everything else. But I do think it helps to, and we can, maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later, but it helps to have a, a weekly menu in mind. And again, similar to, you don't have to be a cook that, sticks to every part of the recipe. You don't have to be someone that sticks to every part of the meal plan, but to kind of have a guide or some boundaries in place, I think is really helpful. Mm, totally. You wanna do the next one, Rach? Yes. Okay, we got two more for you. Hack yes or hack no, try something new every week. Hack yes. Uh, I don't typically, well, my, our family never eats the same thing for 
breakfast and lunch two days in a row. Like I never feed my kids the same breakfast two days in a row. I never feed them the same lunch two days in a row. Uh, partially because it's just fun to change it up and go through, try a lot of different things. And I think that allows them to be such good eaters because they're mm -hmm. never eating the same thing. So they don't get stuck in a, an eating rut. Mm -hmm. um, but also I think as adults, it's easy, you know, and I am someone who, who can happily like eat the same breakfast five days in a row and that's fine, but I get a lot more joy. And I think other people would too, if they brought in their food horizons, if you will. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Let's make that into a bumper sticker and future merch. Okay. <laughs> the last, um, the last hack, yes, hack, that was kind of a rhyme, uh, a mantra, if you will. And it's about when you get together with people. So hack, yes, or hack, no, when bringing a dish, take a risk. They, they, I don't know who they is, but they would tell you never serve a new uh, dish to company. Mm. And that is not my philosophy. So I guess if we have to say hack yes or hack no, heck yes, why not? Ooh, Life is about what? taking risks, right? Uh, and I do that all the time. I have had to, uh, I've been embarrassed by things I've served for the first time to people. Uh, I specifically remember my family sitting around my table once, like cracking up at these rock hard, I don't know if they were pumpkin biscuits or something, <laughs> uh, not good. Uh, but we've, I've also had plenty of successes and yeah. it's fun to say, oh, I've never tried this before. Like you all get to be my guinea pigs alongside of me. Yeah, for sure. And they know you can cook. So that helps a little bit too. Yeah. And I think it's, it's also fine. Like I do have a couple tried and true things that mm -hmm. again, where I don't like to feed my family the same things. Like I will make meals for people frequently, not just, you know, people make meals when they have a baby. I kind of like to live by the rule of just like showing, you can show people love by making them a meal. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of opportunities to show people love. Uh, but when I do that, I'm like, oh, I don't want to make them the same thing I've made them, you know, six months ago or a year ago. Uh, and so I do have a couple tried and true, but I try to not always go to those, try, you know, give them new things as well. Oh, we might have to ask about, I think we have a question about the tried and true. Cause I, I need to break out of my Mastacholi, um, Mastacholi for every life event. I wouldn't call it a rut cause I think it's pretty good, but <laughs> people never <laughs> turn down cheesy pasta. Yeah, I know. Right. So that's good to know. Okay. We're going to transition to a couple of questions here and you, you, you didn't share exactly, but you talked about how you haven't always been this way with food. So we'd love to learn more about your journey with your food philosophy. So, so tell us a little bit about your love for food. How did it start and what's been your journey with that? Okay. Uh, I got married pretty quickly out of college and it was kind of a joke when, so I was 22, my husband and I were both 22. And I basically said like, Ryan's going to do the cooking. I'm not interested, nor did I think I was capable. I had maybe cooked oh. a handful of meals uh, in college. I only lived off campus with access to a ki kitchen for half a semester before I graduated. So cooking just wasn't something that was ever required of me. I went home, my mom cooked for me. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, sure we're going to get married and Ryan's going to do the cooking. Uh, but then 
as we talked about before, I, I have always really loved to run, uh, but I found early in my 20s, I was getting injured a lot. I wasn't taking mm. very good care of myself. And so I had injury after injury and needed another hobby, something else to focus on. And so that ended up being cooking. Uh, and so I found myself just really interested in, I think, you know, you graduate from school and at least in my experience, I had a full-time job. I was like an adult woman now, uh, but there wasn't a lot else going on. I think now with my life with four kids is so different than those days. I'm like, I had so much time then. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of time to develop hobbies and cooking was mm -hmm. the first one I kind of fell into uh, aside from running. But when I needed to cut back on running, uh, cooking kind of filled that hole. And mm. I started the blog and the rest is history. Yes. Did you, did you start the blog like how did you know that you were good enough to start a blog or you just wanted to keep track of your recipes? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I was good enough to start a blog. I knew nothing about blogging. Uh, and even, you know, comparing now and food blogs have changed so much. It was very different food blogging community than it is now where yes. it's like people's full-time job and yeah. have photographers. And uh, I was very much an amateur, but I read a lot of uh, food blogs to get ideas for cooking. And I, again, I think I just had this time on my hands and I was like, I can do that. And so I started it and it kind of grew. I had a lot of uh, really fun opportunities again, in those early days of blogging before everyone did it or was very successful at it and had these ex sponsorships back then, you know, there were advertising advertisers. So like you worked with a company mm -hmm. and so it was kind of fun to have this small but like side little paycheck um yeah. I got to go to like a food blogging conference I won a contest and got to go oh my goodness uh, that's awesome in San Francisco I think so I like showed up with all these other food bloggers that I essentially stalked on the internet but didn't know personally yeah. so kind of like Hannah oh. kind of like me <laughs> Hannah let's have a conference and me you wrote a, you wrote a couple books too right didn't you or no <laughs> Because yeah, I was looking um, you up. I didn't know that. So I was yeah, not like, oh, did I? No, well, I was looking you up on, I was trying to find you on Goodreads and I looked up The Sweets Life and I saw a couple books. So I was like, oh, whatever. No, I, I think what's happened is The Sweets Life or The Sweet Life or any variation of the words sweet and life yes. was very popular. I wasn't that yes. unique in naming my blog, I think. Got and it. But you got, you got it first. So it's still your, you can't. It is still my URL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I love that go. maybe people out there think that yes. I've written books. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, everyone. You she reads a lot of books. She wrote a blog. It's a natural <laughs> yeah. connection. When you brought up that tidbit, I was like, oh, I didn't know about that. <laughs> I thought I'd just serve that up, you know, a little. <laughs> I was wrong. I didn't fact check. Darn it. Not okay. a good communicator. Okay, go ahead, Hannah. All right. I want to ask you, because I think a lot of people have kind of food philosophies as far as ingredients or what they eat or diets or things like that. So what's important to you as you feed your family? Uh, I would say it all comes back to just the word balance. Uh, and, and I guess you could say that looks different for everyone, but ultimately I think it's, we don't subscribe to a lot of food rules in our household. Um, my kids eat a wide range and, and Ryan and I eat a wide range of things and we're never going to say like, oh, that's not healthy enough. We're not going to have mm -hmm. that. Uh, but we're also not going to eat 
like steak and mashed potatoes five nights in a row and you know not have a green vegetable mm -hmm. so I think I like the idea that food is fun it can be really creative um, and again I've talked a lot about just the variety that's something else that's really important to me is serving our family a variety of foods but then also just balance in terms of nutrition and also just what we're eating in general you know we don't eat meat every day uh, but we don't we're not going to go fully vegetarian or anything like that either. Mm -hmm. So and you talked about a little bit about your how you create well we want to get into the menu for the week but before we get into the menu can you share with us a little bit about how you grocery shop and what are your staples and if there are any ingredients that you always get when you go to the grocery store. Well I talked a couple things. I talked about my grocery store game. So like yes. I like to prolong trips to the grocery store as long as possible. I think that might be a personality thing. I think that would probably stress a lot of people out. Uh, I like the look of opening my fridge and there not being very much left in there. That's uh, it, I actually like that better than the first day when I get home from the store and there's so much food. Uh, I, I always try to eliminate as much food waste as possible. So that nice. also kind of plays into the grocery store game is before I go to the store, I want to use up everything possible. Um, as far as staples go, I don't, I'm, I'm also, because of that, I'm not someone who keeps a very extensive pantry on hand. Uh, I, I'll, we will have some things that we can turn to. Like I almost always have chickpeas in my pantry. I think that's a really versatile ingredient. Uh, we have a number mm. of different ways, you know, throw it on a sheet pan meal or in some sort of a curry, a salad. Uh, my kids like chickpeas. We can just roast them for a snack. So that's something that I'll pick up at the grocery store pretty much every time I go, even if I don't have a plan for them. Um, one of our favorite meals that's actually we're eating tonight and would be a good meal, uh, Rachel, for you to take to people is a sheet pan gnocchi meal. Ooh. So um, not you don't have to buy the, the fresh gnocchi, but just like the yeah. shelf-stable gnocchi. I try to always have packages of that on hand. Uh, because I can toss other ingredients in with that, put it on a sheet mm -hmm. pan, roast it. Um, so I'll, if I see it at the grocery store, so I'm Aldi is the, my mm -hmm. preferred grocery store of choice. And when I see it at Aldi, I buy like six to eight packages at a time mm -hmm. so that we always have it. Um, other than that, we always have stuff to bake on hand because the sweets life, you know, my, my original love of cooking really stemmed from baking and so you will never find us without flour, sugar, butter, and chocolate mm -hmm. chips. Mm -hmm. mm. Even during the pandemic when flour was... <laughs> flour was hard to come by and I would, you know, limit was two, I would buy my two. And now I do, I do feel like I am suffering a little PTSD from flour shortages. So I always have lots of flour on hand right now. <laughs> Good, you gotta have it, that and toilet paper. Okay. <laughs> So tell us about what meals you're loving right now. Um, breakfast, one breakfast, one lunch, one dinner. Okay. Uh, for breakfast, and this could be breakfast or a snack, but I've been making this banana bread recipe that has cottage cheese in it. So I feel a little better about that, like a little protein boost in our banana bread. Uh, so a typical breakfast for my kids before they go to school then would be a little bit of banana bread, some scrambled eggs and some fruit, maybe some yogurt. My kids mm. 
are big eaters, uh, especially now as I compare them to other kids. And I think kids go through obviously growth spurts and whatnot, but in general, my kids have very healthy appetites. So I am in the kitchen a lot and also just, we go through a lot of food. Yeah. More than you would think a seven, two, five-year-olds and a two-year-old would go through. Uh, that so sounds I would like say a that, delicious breakfast. I would love that. Yeah, I know. I want to join your kitchen. The If you want to look it up, do you guys do show notes? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, yes. we can. Oh, yeah, we do show notes. Okay. <laughs> so Cookie Madness is the blog. If you Google okay. Cookie Madness uh, cottage cheese banana bread, we, we put chocolate mm-hmm. chips and walnuts in ours. I've made okay. it like five times in the last six weeks or something. So yeah, that's wow. a good one. Um, a lot for you for forever. <laughs> that is, uh, for lunch. That's a hard one. Uh, we kind of have a handful of, so Ryan and I typically eat leftovers for lunch. I'm mm-hmm. big on leftovers, uh, unless there's enough that it can feed us for another dinner. Then mm-hmm. I'm, I tell Ryan, you know, no leftovers, save them for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you ever but say don't get second? So we have enough for or no, uh, no, Asking for a friend. I just make okay. mass amounts of food usually. Okay. Okay. Uh, so if there's enough for, yeah, like one or two more meals, Ryan and I will eat those for leftovers. And I kind of rotate the kids through a variety of lunches. We do have a, so this is not, this is not a recommendation necessarily, but we have a Tuesday mac and cheese tradition. Oh. Uh, you know, you just get the Annie's mac and cheese. My kids lit even on like Monday, they'll be like, tomorrow we get mac and cheese, right? I'm like, tomorrow's Tuesday, you get mac and cheese. Uh, but that does eliminate the need to say every day, no, we're not having mac and cheese. They just know that they get it on Tuesday. Yes. Um, and then otherwise, like I said, we just change it up from day to day. We'll either do like a homemade Lunchable with cheese and mm. lunch meat and crackers. Mm-hmm. I always serve fruit and veggies with lunch. Uh, we'll do like a tortilla roll up with hummus. And that's mm. something that I like too with hummus and whatever else you want on it, roll it up. Uh, PB&J, can't go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are all more kid-friendly meals, yes. obviously. Yeah. Do you add anything to the mac and cheese ever? Like just like try to healthify bacon. it? Yeah. No, like bacon, I was thinking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, not bacon. My kids would like that because they love bacon. Uh, sometimes we add peas. Oh, uh-huh. I don't Another I don't know where that came from. Uh, it's like a but, tuna mac thing, like because people do like the or a casserole kind of feel, maybe. I, yeah, I think you're right. So I'll just throw the peas in there, and then I'm like, well, you don't have to have the veggie on the side. Nice. Uh, but they they actually really like peas, but sometimes they want them separate. And that's okay. one of my things I would say about picky eaters is giving my kids options. Sometimes, mm-hmm. not an option of will you eat this or not but more do you want this together or on the side oh that's good that's good and then it gets to dinner dinner let's see i recently went through a really big sun-dried tomato kick uh mostly because i bought a giant thing of it from costco and again in my desire to eliminate food waste and go through what i have i was like what else can i make with (laughs) sun-dried tomatoes so there's a really good uh, Tuscan pasta recipe. I think the blog mm. is Rachel Cooks. Uh, so mm-hmm. that would be another good replacement. If you want to change it up from your mastacholi, uh, I've made the Tuscan pasta for other people. It's like chicken and kale and sun-dried tomatoes. Um, that also- sounds right up my alley because it's the blog is called Rachel Cooks and that's my name. So 
Okay. Maybe definitely look Sorry. that up. I also, with the sun-dried tomatoes, made gnocchi, another great reason to have uh -huh. gnocchi on hand. There was a sun-dried tomato gnocchi uh, that was like fresh mozzarella and basil. You made it in your Dutch oven. Uh, and then cottage cheese. I guess I do have some themes lately, but my friend kind of made up this uh, cottage cheese Alfredo sauce. So it was like a healthier Alfredo where she blended the cottage cheese and mm. mixed in some sun-dried tomatoes. So I made that and I'm trying to remember, I think I served it over like a, a mix of grains like farro and quinoa. Mm. Uh, and the kids really liked that too, or we all did. So yeah. sun-dried tomatoes, uh, buy the thing from Costco and then just get really creative. Just that is creative. a good tip. And we should probably preface this Hannah in our intro, like like if you're hungry, you might want to eat a snack before. Yeah, you that's what I'm saying. I think we need to give a little warning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Hannah, did you have any other questions before we have now? No, I think we should. She's kind of touched on our hacks a little bit, but I'm, I want to make her delve into them just a little bit more, just so yes. that listeners have really good takeaways. So you've talked a little bit about meal planning, hacks and menus, things like that, um, recipes that you're loving. What about the specifics of cooking hacks? Like, is there something that people who are afraid to even turn on their oven or stove <laughs> or just stuck in the rut? Yeah, um, or a utensil maybe. <laughs> hmm. uh, I would say it, for someone maybe who's trying to get into cooking, who doesn't do it regularly, it doesn't have to be a, I go from cooking zero days a week to seven days a week. Mm. Uh, even I am not interested in cooking 21 meals a week. Mm -hmm. or I would never leave the kitchen. And that used to be fun when I was blogging and didn't have, you know, other people to take care of. I could spend mm -hmm. an entire Saturday in the kitchen. I'm not really interested, nor do I have time for that now. Um, mm -hmm. So I think building in, and this a little bit goes back to the meal planning, but just building in, uh, space in your week where you don't have to cook especially if you're just getting used to it so that mm. could be using leftovers that could be uh getting takeout uh that could also be ryan for instance in our family he always makes saturday and sunday breakfast like i am off on saturday and mm. sunday it doesn't matter if we have guests in town or you know whatever the circumstances that is his duty Saturday and Sunday. And I am not willing to give that up or change that. Like if he ever is traveling on the weekend, I'm like, no, those yeah. are my days off. Um, another hack, I guess I would want to talk about would be using the freezer. Uh, mm. I really love to utilize the freezer over the last couple of years. And I don't do this as much anymore, but my sister and a couple of friends and I would have uh, freezer cooking days and we, I would make like master spreadsheets with, you know, the meals that we were going to make and the ingredients. I'd go to the store and buy massive amounts of food for all of these meals. And then we'd get together and over six, eight hours on a Saturday, we'd make like 14 meals for each oh my. individual. Wow. Uh, and then you'd have a stocked freezer. So then that also allows you to take nights off of cooking because you know you can pull something out of your freezer. Mm -hmm. uh, similarly though, when I'm cooking, like last week, before we went on spring break, I made enchiladas to take on spring break to the cabin we were going to. And I had extra chicken and extra white enchilada sauce. I froze both of them and we came back and I thawed them and made enchiladas again. And it was super easy because the meal was already halfway done. So anytime I have 
something extra that I know that we aren't going to use immediately, uh, I'll throw it in the freezer and pull it out later. So whenever I make fresh muffins, I'll keep some out for us to eat over the next couple days and then put the rest in the freezer and microwave them in the mornings for breakfast. Uh, I, I really like to be able to pull things out of my freezer. Rachel, your face looks like you just saw, <laughs> you saw the light. You saw a ghost. I just, I'm trying to figure out, you, do you live in St. Louis? Yes. How to be your friend, how to go to your spreadsheet. Or how oh, to- I will share if you want some of my old freezer meal spreadsheets. I've got the recipes in there. Oh, the oh quantities. I will Actually, give you whatever you want. I just pulled up your, your website. Too. Okay. So you can get all of her recipes, Rach, because I already screenshotted all of her books on Goodreads. <laughs> okay. Yes. Not the ones that she didn't write. Right. Just the ones I'm reading and recommending. Just the ones yeah. she's reading and recommending. Yes. Well, and also too. Yeah. So, and you still have, while you're not actively blogging now, all of your recipes are at or many of them are at thesweetslife.com for folks who want to go and check that out. And there's so many options here. And I'll never forget too, Natalie, when you wrote, I was in college because I'm your brother's age. And um, I was in college when you did a post about um, like, it's something about like college food on the go or something. I, I do not even it. remember that. And I was like, I gotta, I was like, I gotta check this one out because I am in college. <laughs> And there are some options there for people who are in college specifically. So, and we have a, um, a decent college audience because Hannah and I work at colleges. Right. Yes, we're here. We'll have to revive that. Hannah's at her college. <laughs> so the pumping room is where I was going to do this, but um, the soap dispenser was out and it was beeping every five seconds. So I had to leave. <laughs> Hannah loves the pumping room. Honestly, guys, I love listening to podcasts because like one of... People that know me know one of my great joys besides cooking and running and all those things is just to ask people questions. So mm-hmm. maybe we could do a reverse podcast where I just interview you oh, guys sometime. Because you're a great I would, interview. So I, would I would love, love to Yeah, I want to ask you like all the questions. I, this is a little too much for me to have to sit here and talk about me and all those things. I would much rather be asking you guys questions oh. right now. So put that I on think your we brain. Would like we added in mini sods so that we could talk a little more. So I think we maybe one mini sod we could have you come back on and ask. Yeah, them. and interview us. That'd be that'd be fun. Oh, that'd I, be that fun. would make me so happy. Okay, we'll do that. We'll add that. We're having a big planning meeting here soon, so yep. we'll add that to the lineup. Um, yeah, we have some stuff to do for sister pack. I, I wrote. Well, I get you know, first like dibs to... on interviewing you. Okay. Okay. okay you get first dibs. Um, I wrote some hashtags. Hannah, do you have any? Yeah, I did too. I did too. Um, okay. This is our last section. Let's go back and forth because I saw you writing and I was like, I wonder if she's writing what I'm writing. Okay. My first one is hashtag risk it with the biscuit. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That one is too true. I have a risky theme one too. Mine was a little more going off her maiden name when we met her at swimming lessons Gorski and I wrote hashtag Natalie risky. <laughs> Not as good as risk it with the biscuit. Okay, so I'll do a stronger one. Okay, but wait, how? let me you go you go you go. Okay. This is how did you see my look of shock when I was like, don't you dare. I'm <laughs> yeah. Um, when she was talking about how she was 22 and she was just getting into cooking. So hashtag 22, this could be you. (laughs) 
Oh, nice. You guys are way too good at these. I am amazed at this section every episode. <laughs> this is um, based off of your advice for bringing a dish. Hashtag tried and true and new. I like it. I got hashtag chickpeas, yes, please. Or as your kids would say, yes, please, mac and cheese. <laughs> yes, chickpeas. Um, hashtag no key is the key. Oh, I had that one too. Oh, you're no key to the kitchen. Okay. I, you know, the rest of mine, you know, hashtag menu in mind. That's a good one too. But wow, we were really just, we were really vibing here today. Hashtags. You're very hashtagable. Compliment. This is a great compliment. You guys are just too much. You are. Well, we're, we're so thankful that you took a moment out of your many hobbies and parenting and all, everything together to chat with us. It's been so nice to catch up and to hear your food tips um, and philosophies and sharing with our listeners. So thank you. So folks, check out thesweetslife.com if you want to check out some awesome recipes and you know we'll be following you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Sister Hack. For podcast news and updates and some awesome pictures, be sure to follow Hannah and Rachel on Instagram by following at Sister Hack Podcast.